Greetings and welcome to another different church podcast. My name is Jarrett and I hope you are having an awesome day. I'm recording this intro at 10.21 p.m. Monday night. Usually I do it on Sundays, but yesterday, y'all, I passed out. I have not gone to bed as early as I did yesterday since I was a small child. Uh, I had a lot of work over the weekend. And then you ever have those nights where, for whatever reason, I just I couldn't go to sleep. I'm like sitting in bed on Saturday night at like 2.30 in the morning looking at my phone like a dummy. And then, you know, I have to wake up early for church. And then I worked again after church. And then, yeah, I keep home and passed out. So sorry I'm getting this to you a little bit late. But thank you for the grace and allowing me to rest. Appreciate it. So got a really cool uh, message coming up for you. Um, But before that, uh, let me just remind you of a couple of announcements. Make sure you go to diff.church to check on these announcements because I'm not going to give you the exact specifics. But coming up, we have uh, a Regenerate Tampa Bay conference that we are supporting. Um, It is a conference that is all about helping local businesses and individuals um, care more for the environment, how to operate in a more... Uh, regenerative way also our very own Guiana who if you don't know who she is uh, she is our uh, singer guitar player extraordinaire she rocks she is doing her first ever professional yoga session just down the street from our church Um, we are super excited to support that as well it is donation based and every cent that is donated goes directly to her Um, Again, go to diff.church for more details. We would love to see you at both of those things. Last announcement before the message. This is a good time to remind you to follow us on social media. If you don't, we had a bit of a uh, kerfuffle on TikTok this week. We posted a a TikTok that was, in my opinion, very tame and not controversial at all. But it got like over 50,000 views and around 500 comments. And, you know, being the little progressive church that we are it was mostly just conservative people yelling at us so that was cool uh so we could use some more friendly faces on social media so go follow us if you aren't and um you know don't argue with people online it's a waste of time just have fun and uh, show support and yeah yeah that's it um okay hannah let's talk about communion now you may know communion by a different name depending on what tradition you grew up in. It could be the Lord's Supper, it could be the Eucharist. Both of those are lovely, um, but we're going to call it communion because I think that that word encapsulates what the practice is fundamentally about. Now, every so often, I just like to take the temperature of the world on topics, which maybe not a good idea, but I was thinking about today and I just did a quick Google search that said, why do we do communion? And a mere... 0.25 seconds later, 131 million results popped up, um, and I only clicked on like five of them. So this is a very small sampling of what I assume every single page on the internet says. By and large, every page I looked at gave one reason as primary for why we do communion, and this is what they lead with. Because Jesus told us to. I mean, that's a pretty good reason, right? God specifically tells you to do something, So you have to do it. Duh. (laughs) This is what it says in Luke 22. This is Jesus talking. He took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this covenant is in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Very straightforward. I have no further questions. <laughs> Except, <laughs> um, if you have been around, you know that never in my life have I not had further questions. <laughs> I am nothing but questions. I am a stack of questions hiding in a trench coat, pretending to be a human. <laughs> I refuse to agree with something just because someone tells me that it's the way it is. Do this because Jesus told you to. That sounds suspiciously like because I said so. And the obnoxious teenager that got prayed for many times for her spirit of rebellion um, still lives in here. She lives in here and she's ready to fight you. (laughs) Pick your avatar. I'm not saying it's a good trait, okay? I've gotten in many an unnecessary argument in my life because of it. But it has served me well in religion. I want to know why. You can't just be like, because I said so. Because God said so. No. False. Disapprove. The church says that kind of thing all the time. Well, you should just take communion because Jesus commands you to. And if you really love Jesus, then you do what he commands. That's a circle, first of all. Second of all, insert reference to John 14. Gold star for me. I beat everyone in sword drills as a child. You can put that on my CV, even though literally no one cares. I don't know why we had to do those every single Sunday. This assumes, number one, everyone actually loves Jesus. Number two, everyone has the same definition of enacting that love that you do. And number three, that the act of communion itself is universally agreed on, so that when you follow the command, you know you're doing it properly. Now, I know you'll be shocked by this, but the big C church cannot agree on what the correct way to celebrate communion is. (laughs) Some traditions say that the bread and wine must be blessed by the priest. Some say it can only be administered by a priest or a pastor. Some say any Christ follower can do it. Some say the bread and wine literally become the body and blood of Christ after their breast. Some say it's a symbol. Some say no wine, only grape juice. Some say no bread, only weird cardboard tasting wafers that you get from an online Christian supply store. (laughs) (laughs) Some say what you're eating or drinking doesn't matter. It's the intention. Some say the elements have to be handed to you. Some say you can go get them yourself. Some say everyone can participate. Some say everyone can participate unless you're in a fight with someone and then you have to go resolve that and then you can come back and then you can take communion. It's on an honor system. I could keep going, but we'd never get to take communion. (laughs) The point is we have several thousand years of church history on this, which means we have several thousand years of church argument about this, which means that everyone on the internet who is absolutely convinced that their way is the only correct way, so help them God, are wrong. That, I feel like, invites a troll response. There is enough space in Christianity for different traditions. There is enough space in God. Our God is infinite. Do we think that God cannot handle the different ways that we celebrate communion and the Lord's Supper? We don't all have to agree, nor do we have to be so self-righteous. Now that I think about it, being self-righteous is perhaps something we should repent for before we start to take communion. But why is it important to celebrate it? Okay, so we get this tradition from the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples right before he is murdered. So they are all gathered together, according to famous artwork, all on one side of the table like weirdos, sharing and eating and laughing and enjoying each other's company, and all of them are there, including the one that would betray Jesus. So Jesus takes the bread, blesses it, shares it with everyone. Judas eats some and then leaves to go do his dirty work. And then Jesus 
blesses the wine, shares it with everyone. And for a long time, I think communion has been thought of as this moment when we take a piece of bread and we dip it in juice or we drink some juice and we remember what Jesus did. And it is that, but it's also so much more than that because communion is not bread and juice. It's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to be with us. Emmanuel means God with us as a human so that we could have true communion with each other and with God. Before Jesus, there were a nearly infinite number of rituals and processes that you had to follow so that you could have true communion with God. And this is not a knock on those processes, okay? They were ahead of their time and they were integral in the human story of interaction with God. But there was a time that came for us to move beyond the rituals and the rites and experience what it was like to have this unencumbered connection with God. Jesus came as a person, as a human, and as God. To show us the way, yes, but also just to be with us. To show us that we are worth being with. To show us what unconditional love looks like in real time to show us through his own sacrifice, the hypocrisy, the results of our hypocrisy and our obsession with power, to show us what it means to include everyone, even those that leave the table in the middle of the meal to go sell their integrity for money, to show us that communion is about bringing God's future of restoration and healing for the whole world into the present moment where we are all restored and healed together. Communion is not just about Jesus' death, it's about his life. And it's a crucial reminder of what really matters, just like many of the markers on our Christian calendar. So Christmas is a reminder that hope is born in the middle of utter darkness. Easter is a reminder that death and devastation is not the end. Ash Wednesday, we talked about last week, is a reminder that our lives have this impact that goes far beyond us. Lent is a reminder that sacrifice and suffering are part of life. They're not something to be avoided or feared but also they don't have the final word. So communion is supposed to be a reminder. And these are the words traditionally spoken. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. This is my body broken for you. Broken by the endless wars, the cycles of hate, the eternal painful cry of the disempowered and the disenfranchised, Broken every time a human body is enslaved and every time a human mind is driven to the brink. Broken when fighting and arguing and slander invade our families and our communities and our online life. Broken when we spend our time vehemently defending the Christ. Who needs no defense? Jesus chose to die instead of retaliate. Broken when we become convinced of the lies that we are unlovable and unworthy and undeserving, broken by families that are starving, by communities that are bombed, by children who are forced to fight, broken by students who are so angry and so isolated that they succumb to violence that has chosen them, broken by politicians who are drunk on power and the system that makes it impossible to reach any level of influence without being ethically compromised. Broken by pastors who have assaulted their congregants and face no consequences. Broken every time a woman has been told to sit down and shut up in church. 
broken by every Band-Aid we slap on our problems without addressing the wound underneath. The body of Jesus, broken, just as so many human bodies have been broken. The heart of Jesus, broken, weeping over the state of humanity. The sound of Jesus' voice, broken. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This is my blood shed for you. Why? So we'll see its color and remember that no matter what our skin looks like or where we're from or who we love or even whether we believe in God or not, we are all the same on the inside and God has not stopped loving us so that we will stop our conquest and our defenses long enough to realize like how utterly exhausted we are so that when we can't lay down our weapons because our hands are frozen to our swords or our keyboards, that we would help each other, prying up one finger at a time and holding our shaking hands together so that we remember that what we are fighting for is an end to the fighting. And though we may feel trapped in activation and response, there is another way. So that instead of going on the offensive, we begin to take turns standing watch over each other so that some can fall into that deep restorative sleep of hope and be renewed and then stand watch over us. So we finally begin to listen with our hearts and not just our ears. And we begin to see the pain under the surface of every person who is causing harm so that we remember to pray, not just prayers of gratitude, and help, but that we begin to call into being the sacred future where all is made whole through the power of the Spirit of God, who is always with us and who hovers over all her children. Communion is not an obligation, it's a celebration. It might seem like a strange thing to commemorate, like the meal before the violent end of Jesus's life, but just as death did not have the final word and Jesus rose again, a broken body and spilled blood also did not have the final word, for in community we are healed. In community we're made whole, we find peace, we make space for laughter and joy and hope and good meals, where we all show up and agree to do this wild thing we call living together. If you have been kept from communion for any reason in the past, please note there are no restrictions here. The communion table is for you. Deconstructing, detangling ones, God is not afraid of your questions. Not afraid of your anger over what you have been fed in the past. Not afraid of your fear that this is just more of the same. God is on the journey with you. The table is for you. Traditional liturgical ones, God is not upset by how long it's been since you've participated. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Hello. Are you okay in there? No. The answer is no. <laughs> chill, chill. Should I talk to you? God is not upset by how long it's been since you've participated. Not upset if you've missed it. And not upset if it feels weird to participate again. God has been with you all along. The table is for you. 
queer ones, God is not offended by who you were, who you are, or who you love. God celebrates you. The table is for you. Anxious, depressed, overwhelmed ones, God is not overwhelmed by you. And you do not need to be fixed to have true community. Nor do you need to change before you can be a light to others. God finds you utterly deserving of love. The table is for you. Creative, artistic ones, God is not surprised that you relate to the divine differently. In a stream of music, or a field of flowers, or a vivid dream in the night. God has given you a different way of seeing. The table is for you. Analytical, logical ones. God is not unnerved by your skepticism, your questions, or your demand for clear answers. God created order, and you are part of the design. The table is for you. Faithful, steadfast ones, God has seen you walking the path for all these years, putting one foot in front of the other, over and over, through the mountains and the valleys. God has not forgotten you. God is delighted by you. The table is for you. Whoever you are, whatever your experience has been with faith in the past, whatever questions you are struggling with, whatever teachings you are recovering from, the table is for you. You can come back up. Of course, there's no pressure. If you are not comfortable with communion for any reason, or you just plain don't want to, I can promise no one cares. <laughs> um, nor will anyone be offended, certainly not God. We love you still. Gianna's gonna play two more songs, and there is bread and there is juice in the back on a table. Um, and once she starts playing, feel free to go and get a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And there's also a little box of gluten-free crackers for anyone who would like that instead. Loved ones, hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the wine and gave thanks saying, this represents the new communion with God through my blood, which is spilled for you. May we all remember the sacred hope we have in Jesus and the precious community God has given to us as a gift. Holy God, how we have made a mess of things, and yet you join us in the mess. You don't point us to our rooms and say, clean it up, and slam the door. You kneel down, you gather us up, you dust us off, and help us get started. There is much to be done, but you are with us in every moment inspiring us, encouraging us, listening to us. May we take the simple act of eating bread and drinking juice and remember its true meaning this week, that we are healed, we are whole, and we are one. Amen. See you next week. Bye.